Tombstone Minute. We're back. This is the podcast where we discuss the movie Tombstone minute by minute. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by Joe. I'm here. Um, We're on minute nine. Uh, We're almost in double digits. This is exciting. We're in minute nine. Uh, Wyatt Earp gets asked to join the Marshals. And this ends with us seeing briefly who will learn will soon learn are Virgil and Morgan. Now are we now this starts a long pattern in the film where uh, Mr. Earp won't even let the person finish. As soon as someone no. approaches, he just says no right away. Uh, can yeah. you say with absolute certainty that they're gonna offer him a job? We aren't sure. So What would be the little... funniest thing that they're trying to ask him and he's just saying no? I think, uh, as we find out later, is if they're offering him a place to stay in, tombs- in Tombstone because he just when they show up in Tombstone, they have no plan. It's like, well, I guess we need to find somewhere to stay. So I think it'd be great if, like, when people are in, inter- like, when he keeps interrupting people, they're just offering him a home. Yeah, or or a job, <laughs> like like a job dealing. Like, would you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we need a new Pharaoh dealer at the. Oh, you're not interested. Okay, never mind. So, <clears throat> for our listeners, Wyatt was a former marshal and Dodge City, Kansas. Uh, and uh, as soon as he arrives in Tucson, he's approached by two men. I only know the name of one of the men. Only um, one of them speaks. The other guy just gets to be the dude that stands in the back that like kind of just looks. Yeah, with a bowler hat. I, I yeah. If, yeah, if they remake Tombstone, first off, we would need to be in it, and I would be fine being the guy in a, in a bowler hat. I think you should be the guy that pulls the horse off of the train if they remake it. <laughs> I think you should be the horse. <laughs> so, Boy, that, that's a, that's an even weirder looking horse than normal at least you look normal okay yeah like <laughs> so wow. we minute by nine. the way uh, we have a new sponsor this one's uh, brought to you by the 4-h club <laughs> no. they're, they're happy to the wisconsin chapter so um one of the guys is Marshall Crawley Dake, which is a real person. I actually love this in this movie whenever there's like a bit character and then I look him up and I'm like, oh, they're real. Uh, Marshall Crawley, Crawley Dake was a former Union Army soldier, Civil War guy. Okay. And uh, his Wikipedia page says that he was noted for his creativity and ability for deputizing civilian posses. <laughs> so... <laughs> He was good at putting together murderous vigilante bands. Yeah, he was really good at it. And <clears throat> this is a spoiler, but later on, um, we don't see him, I think, do this. But historically, he is the guy who deputizes Virgil Earp. Okay. And obviously, as this, as this movie plays on, we will find out that that doesn't actually work out great. No. And... Uh, so apparently, like, High Noon would have gone a lot differently if he was the sheriff in that town. But we're assuming he's asking him to join the marshals. And I, and I started the count of the the pre-question denial. We're at one, and we're at one on the slap count. Okay, that's all on your chalkboard behind you? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Um, and at this point, <clears throat> I don't remember the, the exact line, but essentially why it tells him, you know, no, I'm not in here to be a, a lawman. I just want to make some money. And uh, he points out, like, I've never known a man to make a lot of money who didn't have a guilty conscience. And uh, Wyatt says he's already got that. He might as well have the money, which is pretty good logic. Uh, th- this is where true blue American moment is in that exchange right there. Yeah, that's true. Um, and 
<clears throat> at the end of the scene, we see Virgil and Morgan just a little bit. We see that uh, Wyatt sees them in the distance and then uh, weighs at them. Uh, the other thing I like about this sequence is, even though I keep calling it Tombstone, and I think when I was a kid I thought it was Tombstone, it is so clearly Tucson because during this entire sequence there is a giant yeah, the water, tower. water tower that says Tucson <laughs> in the back left. That's always there. But I do, watching this minute by minute, it is a very nice way to create a sense of place. Indeed. I noticed this until I was uh, doing my research. Uh, we also have um, a rare moment of diversity in the film with what I would, I don't want to assume, but I would imagine was a Chinese-American okay. that's holding an umbrella up for a young lady as she's departing the train. Oh, and he's and I, I one thing I can tell you for sure. I was l- looking up the name of the hat, and I'm absolutely not telling you the wording of the question that I googled. Okay, <laughs> but I can tell you that uh, it has many. It doesn't seem to have a formal English name, which makes sense because it's I'm sure translated. Uh, it is commonly known, according to our according f- official Yahoo uh, Answers. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, the Asian rice hat. Okay. Yep. Uh, and it it apparently it was used all over uh, East, South, and Southeast Asia, including China. I wonder about wh- whether or not um, a gentleman like that in that situation would really be wearing that hat. Yeah, I mean, sort of a different. Is it racist that they had him wearing it, or is it race, or am I racist for noticing it and questioning its uh, its place here? Well, I don't know. I mean, the hat is for to keep the sun out of your eyes, right? And historically, Chinese Americans were building the railroad, a lot of sun. The hat works for that. Yeah, uh, I just, uh, I, I start, I sort of wonder if they just maybe stretch it a little bit too far with the way they dressed up their extras. But yeah, again, we'll, we'll never know. Well, actually, fun fact about the extras. I was watching the, um, this is getting a, a little bit of a head, but I don't have a whole lot more on this minute, so I'll just, I'll just spill it here. I was watching some of the behind the scenes, Joe, on the uh, Tombstone Blu-ray, which you could purchase with our Amazon affiliate link of tombstoneminute.com. Um, yeah, but they were saying that they actually got a whole bunch of people from Montana to come down to sort of like we haven't seen Tombstone yet, but this Tucson set is pretty good too. But like they create a, a sense of place, and that they actually paid a bunch of buckaroos is apparently what they're called, which is people who just dress up like cowboys and like live like cowboys, like for reenactments and stuff. Okay, so they had like a hundred plus buckaroos that were just like camped out in their little tents like their historic tents and they all had historic clothing and they all just sort of hung out around the set so they could be around for extras oh that's pretty cool it is pretty cool they're as ridiculous as this movie is and we will point out every flaw i'm certain um it does have a certain amount of authenticity that keeps it afloat it certainly holds up to our cursory wikipedia research (laughs) <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh should we and and i do feel like we're special authorities on uh, assessing extras being two former extras ourselves 
Yeah, we should maybe let the audience know that uh, Joe and I were actually extras in a movie. Unfortunately, it wasn't a Western, so I didn't get to wear a bowler hat. There's absolutely no way we would have done the work that these buckaroos did. No, absolutely. If you've ever been an extra, it's terrible. It is awful. I don't know why anyone would do it. We were, like, out of college and didn't have anything to do, so it worked fine. Yeah. But um, if you're an adult, I don't know. I mean, you... (laughs) You get paid not much. They're like twelve-hour days, where for about ten and a half of the hours, you just more than that. literally just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, if you're lucky, you get chosen to just walk the same like fifteen feet over and over again. Yeah, I, I think like the you think about the the television show extras, and. Yes. In some ways, that show seems to get it right based on our experience. One problem is that it seems like they were occasionally given things to eat and drink, and they had chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall ever ever getting any of that. But what a no. what a moment when we got to walk in front of Harold Ramis. Yes, this is all very true. Uh, the movie's called The Last Kiss. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if I, you I actually have see... never seen it. <laughs> I have seen it, I have seen it, and uh, I have the still of you and I in it. So if you'd like to see your fantastic hosts of Tombstone Minute in their own movie, you will see us for briefly a couple seconds as we walk in front of Harold Ramis. Yeah, you should tweet that that out. Uh, yeah, I could find the picture, and we could tweet that out with our account. I'm sure, uh, you know, by now, episode 9, I mean, you know, we've got thousands of listeners. And, and if, probably. if Zach Braff is listening... Yes. Uh, you're welcome for lending you that deck of cards. Yes, that's true. That is the cool thing about being an extra is you do get, like, these weird little interactions with, uh, you know, stars, I guess. Like, with, you know, because they sit around the set a ton, too. Yeah, he borrowed a deck of cards that I was fooling around with to do a card trick for Rachel Bilson, and she didn't get it. Yep. She did not get it. That's all right. Well, uh, do you <laughs> back to Tombstone. Do you have anything else on Minute 9? No, but I have a lot on, on the next minute. So, um, One quick point on minute nine. Does this movie change much if he takes that job? Um, I, I mean, I would say yes, because a lot of the fun of the movie is the way he gets that job, which is basically just by humiliating uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character, which is... <laughs> I. I mean, okay, that's a good question. Let's. Uh, why don't we take a day to think about that and come back to it in the next minute? Uh. All right, that sounds good. I mean, I, I think ultimately this movie, looking up uh, what Marshall Crawley Dake had done, this movie in some ways is just about how you can be creative in building up civilian posses. <laughs> he could have, t- like I said earlier, uh, Gary Cooper should have just listened to him. Yep. All right, well, um, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 10. And until then, uh, enjoy your day.